You're listening to Product Manage Her, the podcast dedicated to creating a safe space for women in product management careers. From transitioning into product to a deep dive into the first few months on the job, our hope is to provide an authentic look into product management from a woman's perspective. And I'm your host, Blair Presley. Let's dig in. Hello, hello. Welcome to IG Live Tuesday. Welcome, welcome. If you are joining me on replay, I'm glad that you took a moment to to join. If you're joining me live, welcome, welcome. Um, Today's live is focused on keeping your product job. So imagining that you've transitioned into product and you finally made it like over the hurdle and you're trying to figure out like, okay, I'm here now. How do I keep this job? If we have not met yet, hello, my name is Blair Presley. I am a product management coach. So after, I don't know, almost a little over a decade now in product, I get the pleasure and joy of helping people to transition into product, um, but also now helping them to, to like develop their comfort, grow their skills once they're in the role. Quite frankly, that wasn't my original goal. My original goal was to help people with you know, transferable skills to pivot into product, right? Let's say you were, I know I say customer success manager all the time, but if you are um, in a, a role such as a project manager or a consultant and trying to figure out how to pivot into product, that was my space. That was my original goal. And still where I spend the majority of my time and love it, the space where I get to work with people in a group setting, but largely one-on-one to learn about their background, learn about their interests to help pivot into product. What I learned though was after helping people through this journey of getting from whatever role they were in into a product role, there was this like, high level of excitement. Like, I cannot believe that this happened. Big goal. It happened for me. And then that fades pretty quickly to a valley of like, holy shit, how do I keep this role, right? Like, how does this even happen for me? Like, I know I said I could do the role, but can I really? All the imposter syndrome and all the doubt starts to set in. And there's like a whole nother phase of assistance and coaching that's necessary. And that's what I want to focus the topic on today. Assuming that you've landed the role and this is your first product management role and you're having that sense of panic, that sense of what do I do? I want to share with you a few tips to help you to navigate that space. The first one is kind of just starting with this space of like, it is normal. Like I kind of want to normalize your feelings. I don't want you to feel as if this is um, like you've entered a place that you're not intended to be or you're not supposed to be when actually you are. You know, that's the whole premise, I believe, of, of my coaching is a space where products should be inclusive um, with diverse backgrounds in terms of, yes, gender, ethnicity, but also in terms of your skill set, right? You still belong. So just normal, feel normal or feel okay with this feeling of like, I don't know that, that I made the right decision. Chances are you did. The very first thing that I want you to do, though, once you've transitioned into the role is to, one, remember or understand what problem you're there to solve, Okay. They hired you for a reason. There is a product challenge. There is a a market that needs a product fit, right? That you are there to help solve. Get a really clear understanding of what that looks like. 
Is it a space of maybe you or the, the product needs someone to kind of like develop the new vision? It kind of got from point A to point B and it needs to need some help in scaling and growth. Is it a space of actually the product needs to be sunset and you're there for, for, you know, functional or intentional sunsetting while also bringing a new product to the market? Get some grounding, get some context as to what that is, why it's necessary and what your place in the product in that journey, if you will, like what your place is. Understand that kind of dovetails to the second point, which is understand the the key stakeholders that help you to get that done or that you all partner rather to get that done. So it may not be, you know, and likely, I should say it is unlikely that it's just you doing all the things, right? Even though it may feel that way sometimes, but get to know the other people on the team that have a literal stake in the product. Is this your designer? Is this your developer? Chances are yes. But there are also some other teammates like customer success, project managers, business analysts, and then the people, quite frankly, that we forget about but shouldn't, like legal, regulatory, finance, sales, like all the other teammates to understand um, what their stake in the product is. What their, what's their motivation? Like, is it, are they motivated to, um, to like grow the product? Are they motivated for cost savings? A story that I tell all the time, I remember joining an organization and learning on day one that there was a really interesting stakeholder that had a motivation that conflicted, like directly conflicted with my role in product. This was someone who was in operations, had been at the organization for a very long time. And on my first day, we were in a meeting and I noticed that he seemed to have a particular perspective on a product that should be sunset. And I thought, well, this is really interesting given that he doesn't have like a customer perspective, hasn't done user interviews, et cetera. Um, so I encouraged the team, even on my first day, to kind of take a pause before we decided to sunset this product, which we actually did not. Um, but we wanted to learn more about um, the user so that we can make the best decision. But I also was curious about this particular stakeholder, right? Like, what was their their goal? Like, what, you know, what was their background? What I learned was that this particular stakeholder was incentivized by cost savings initiatives, meaning he had a spiff or a bonus for saving the organization significant amounts of money year over year, which, if you think about it, conflicts with um, product innovation, right? So as I, as a product manager, I'm trying to grow the product line and trying to um, introduce new products, at first, it's going to be all cost. For this person, it's like, but that, even though that's good for the organization, is bad for me personally. Yikes. So I needed to know that information so that I could be an effective product manager. Getting back on task, I would tell you that it's your role to have those conversations. Get to know all of those people. Get to know what their goals are what their um what their motivation is, what their perspective, do they have an opinion? Is it like a highly weighted opinion or is it something that is, you know, it's an opinion but maybe not highly respected. If you can glean that 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 information um earlier in your your start time, that would be phenomenal. So stakeholder engagement is huge. I'm actually gonna belabor that point a little bit more with intention. I think about people who are trying to transition into product. They spend, some people spend a lot of time focusing on frameworks and, you know, approaches and learning one 
particular way to do product management, which they learned very quickly is not realistic in product. Like we don't spend all our days mapping through frameworks to get the job done. There are helpful tools, right? Like thought exercises, if you will, but that's not how real product management is done, right? So going back to the point of stakeholder engagement, this is something that I, I really would encourage you to get a handle on, right? This is a space that you want to um, talk to people, get to know people, but get to know them on a genuine, genuine level. Like don't wait until you need stakeholder A to go develop a relationship with them and try not to make that relationship that you develop super transactional. This is a real opportunity for you to connect like human to human about Yes, their sake of the product, but also like, what are they like as a person? You know, this is a space in my time as a, as a product manager or product director where I learned that product got a lot easier for me when I started looking at people as not just Sam in operations and Sarah in sales, but like Sam and Sarah. Like, what's the deal? Are they a stepmom like me? Are they, do they have schnauzers like me? Um, are they like, what's their, what's their alcohol choice? Or is it like teen, no alcohol, all coffee? Like, what is that thing that bonds you as humans? And honestly, that's when product management gets a lot easier for me because you find that you're able to get things done, um, authentically and not through just transactional relationships. So I cannot like, speak to that enough, just how important developing relationships um, is in product management, but more importantly, at a very genuine, genuine level. Be vulnerable, um, get to know people as they are, and also in the role, okay? I don't know if I'm on my second or third point, but I'll continue by saying that in order to like really, really function in this space, I need you to be inquisitive. Like, I don't know about you, but I've always been a super curious person. I seldom accept things, sometimes to a fault, as they are, right? Um, my mom would always say like, oh my gosh, you're so inquisitive. Like, I've just always been that way. Who knew that there was a whole career choice for me that aligned with that, you know, curiosity that was just inherent in me? Whether that's inherent or not, it's like necessary for you to survive as a PM. It's like, it's not a space, I guess if I can make that more concrete, if you launch a product and you say, launch, check, done, where's the, the job security in that? And I'm, I don't want you to think about it simply through that lens, right? Like I must create products to serve myself. That's not the point, but seldom do you launch an absolutely perfect product. Seldom, if ever. It's a space where you've launched something, you've created an improvement, but you still have the space to learn, to see where you still have room to grow. What user base are you serving? What user base have you not yet served? What problem have you not yet solved? That question requires curiosity. So the more that you can um, keep that, right? Ask the questions, figure out what you've done well and what by you, the product, right? Like what the product has done well and what the product has room to grow in, another space where you will um, you will flourish, you will grow in the job. If you ask most product management leaders about what they're looking for in PMs or growing PMs, um, they will 
say curiosity. Most will say curiosity. Someone who's curious, someone who's inquisitive, okay? From there, I want you, so if I'm taking a step back for a moment, we've talked about the importance of getting to know people. We've talked about the importance of getting to know your product. Um, I may even circle back to that point a little bit more. We've also talked about just curiosity being huge. I want you to have an understanding of your roadmap. But to do that, there are certain steps that I think you must follow before you get there. And I look at this, if you've ever gone through scale uh, or coaching with me, particularly through the scale program, we talk about this a lot. I envision this like a bit of a pyramid. Your foundation will be understanding the organization's mission. Like why does the organization exist, period. A step up from that will be the product's vision. So how does this product serve the broader organization's vision? It's like getting an understanding as to like where you fit and where your product fits within the organization. There should be, and there's likely to be some sort of alignment there, right? So once you have an understanding of what the um, product vision is, I want you to have a good understanding of what the OKRs are or however the organization or team measures success. Some organizations call this, you know, OKRs or objectives and key results. Others may call this priorities and key results or whatever term they're using, at some point they are establishing, this is what success looks like for us. Um, for From a year perspective, most likely, and my favorite, quite honestly, from a quarter perspective, like what are we doing this quarter, which should ladder up to a year, but like what's most emergent. And from there, once you have an idea of like what those objectives are and what key results must be accomplished to pull off, like to, to, to make that connection to the objectives, if you will, then you can look at your, your roadmap, meaning your features on your roadmap should be born. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but bear with me. Should, should root from your, your OKRs. Because if you are creating anything, it has to be connected, I'd argue, to a reason, to an established objective to a key result that you'd like to um, you'd like to create and your your roadmap or your features are directly tied to it. So if you understand your roadmap, I want you to also understand the path to getting there, which makes your like org vision, product vision, what the, what the OKRs are before you get to features. Because imagine, imagine if someone just threw like a roadmap on you, it's day two. And you're like, cool, I see features, but I have no context as to why this even exists. Like, why why is this here? Why do we prioritize that in Q2 versus Q1? WTF, right? So um, it's really important that you understand that connection. But similarly, I want you to define success early. And this kind of connects to an earlier point of your what problem you're there to solve. Right. So I tell people all the time, I feel like I make this analogy at least once per week in my coaching program or one of them. It's like I'm the type that I need to know the rules of the game before we play. Like if I'm playing Uno, for example, with a new group group of people, are we stacking or no? Right. Like if I put out two reverses, does it like what does this mean in this group? Or if we're playing spades, is it joker, joker, deuce, deuce or like how, what's, what's the path? Like I need to know the rules of the game before I can effectively play. Like the way that my mind functions, I can't even 
do it right if I don't even know the rules of the game, right? Similarly, in your career, you need to understand like what success looks like so that you can effectively play the game, right? What does success look like or what does a job well done look like for you or someone in your role in short amounts of time? Not a year because a year is is tough. If anyone has ever read the book, um, oh, Dag Nabbit, now I'm forgetting it and it's upstairs. What is it, 12 weeks? Gosh, I'm going to find it and pin it to the comments. But there's a book that speaks to this about the importance of like tracking success in shorter periods of time, typically a quarter or typically a 12-week period as opposed to a year because you kind of like let all this time pass and then suddenly you're up against your deadline and you're like rushing and wondering why you didn't meet your goal. So if you have shorter understanding or a shorter understanding of like what success looks like this month or this quarter or this eight-week period, you have a better idea of actually tracking it and checking in pretty regularly so you can make sure that you are in alignment with your manager's expectations, okay? Last thing that I'll mention to you that is so unpopular and it makes me woman on an island, but that is okay. At this point, I want you to also craft what I call like your vision board or your dream resume. Here's what I mean by that. I want you, even if it's week one in your new role, I want you to dust off your resume that you're quite honestly probably sick of looking at, but add your new title, add it like product manager, here's the company that you just started at, right? Like here are the, the year 2023 to present, even if it's only been two days, literally add it. From there, I want you to then add the bullet points, maybe three or four bullet points that you would like for your resume to read in about a year. Six to 12 months is what I typically say. So imagine, imagine that you have just, you know, a year's passed and you've decided to move on. Maybe you're like, you know what? I kind of want to try something different. I've enjoyed my year at this company. I want to, you know, explore a different part or different role in product. And now you have to figure out what you've accomplished in the last year. And it is a doozy, a doozy, right? I want you to actually think ahead, like manifest what you want your resume to read in the next year. And you may not have all the, the bullet points perfect or fleshed out. You're definitely not going to have any like metrics, 20%, 10%, like none of that's going to be present. But you may include like, you know what? Out of this role, I definitely want to be to say that I've launched a product. Write it. Launched XX. Like leave us, you know, space there. Product, which achieved X. I want to be able to say that I finally uh, worked in an agile environment. Write that, right? Led a scrum team, um, worked in an agile environment, responsible for backlog grooming, Etc. Right. Like write that down. Maybe you want to become stronger in user interviews. Write that. Responsible for leading user interviews, which enabled us to learn X. Literally write those things down. Even if they're not fully fleshed out yet, you will be surprised that at some point in the future, you are looking back at your resume thinking, I'm really glad I did this. 
I'm really, really glad that I don't have to start from scratch because all I now have to do is to refine this a little bit, add in, you know, some, some, um, quantitative measures, right? Like some bullet points or what have you. And you're ready to go as opposed to starting from scratch and thinking, what did I literally just accomplish for the last year plus? Right. So those are my tips. These are the things that we talk about a lot in the skill program. So I'm thinking about people who have gone through Sprint. Like this is actually literally designed for my clients who have, have gone through the Sprint program. Um, actually, fun fact there, the first unofficial scale client before the program even had a name was my first Sprint client back in 2020. She'd gone through the Sprint program, got a job. It was an APM uh, rotational program where she has like a year long rotation, but each rotation lasted three months and she needed help through the first quarter. She's like, I'm here. I'm excited. Also, yikes. Like, how do I do this? I need your help. So I was there with her arm in arm, helping her to navigate like those first, but I believe can be so vulnerable, right? Like almost make or break. This can be the space that helps you decide if this is a space that you even want to stay in product. So sometimes you really need someone to make sure that um, makes sure that you are solid, that you're up to, to speed, that your confidence is there. Um, someone who's objective, maybe outside of the organization that you can bring your silly questions to and not be, not be judged, right? Like that was the spirit or in, is still the spirit of the scale program where we help people um, navigate the first 90 days uh, in their new product role. Design for someone that, that this is their first product job. Not necessarily if this is like your third or fourth or you're starting a, like a, a head of product role and you have, you know, product experience. This is really designed for those early career people who need the help. So if that resonates with you, that sounds like something you need, my DMs are open. I'd love to connect with you. Um, just give me a hello and say, Hey Blair, heard your live scale help, right? I'm happy to, to, to message back and forth with you and see what, what makes the most sense for you. Um, as always, thank you so, so much for joining this live and I will see you next Tuesday at two. Thanks gang. Thank you for subscribing and listening today. Maybe you've decided that product is your jam, but you don't have a solid plan to do it. You want to leverage your hard-earned experience as a project manager or consultant into a product role, but you can't seem to land an interview. Or worse, you're landing interviews, but can't seem to advance in them. You've been at it for six months or more and are starting to question whether product is actually even for you. Don't let your experience change the course of your career without fully exploring all of the options available to you. Today's episode is brought to you by my hybrid one-on-one and group coaching program, Sprint. And if you know that it's your time but aren't sure how to make it happen, I'd encourage you to visit blairpresley.com sprint. That's B-L-A-I-R. P-R-E-S-L-E-Y, that's one S, dot com backslash Sprint, S-P-R-I-N-T. Once you're there, 
You'll apply to the Sprint program by answering just a handful of questions. And within 20 minutes, you will schedule time on my calendar and you'll complete an assessment. The assessment will enable you to identify both your glows and your grows. So the things that you're already doing that are working in your favor and the elements of your current strategy that may be working against you. Stop guessing where you're going wrong. The assessment will highlight exactly where we need to improve to start getting the traction in your product pivot. Apply to Sprint ASAP. Visit BlairPresley.com slash Sprint. And I can't wait to meet you.